reminder, especially when life gets busy and hectic and hearing the prayer requests and those that are sick, those are serious requests and uh, certainly prayer's the answer to that. And then uh, how, you know, air conditioners get sick and stuff like that, that's, that's life. It happens. And uh, we were going, I don't remember where anymore, but we were going someplace and when we came home, our air conditioner uh, decided to throw a fit. So after two technicians later, finally it was revived and life was exciting. Uh, life was challenging prior to that. Uh, fact, that night we slept in our fifth wheel. Said, I, I said, I'm not sleeping in 80-some degrees temperature. So the Lord blessed so we didn't have to. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, like Pastor and I were talking earlier this morning, life, life happens, doesn't it? Here we are in 1 John. You probably are very familiar. There's nothing new this morning but a reminder. Well, it's good to see you folks again. You know that. we Lots of places we go, we look forward to a few, but especially this one, we look forward to being here today at Lighthouse and then to be able to spend the week together with our friends. And ha, thank you, Lord. You know, here we are. So anyway, got to get focused now. All right, <clears throat> got to go to work here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, this is 1 John 1, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and shown to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have, <clears throat> as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Father, we ask now you bless the reading of your word. I pray that your spirit would take it and do your work in our hearts for your glory now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, the title is this. Is your joy full? Is your joy full? What we're going to look at is the how and why our joy can be full. In fact, the key thought of the book of 1 John is actually found in chapter 5, verse 13, where it talks about we can know that we have eternal life. What a blessing that is. There's some folks out there just don't live with that truth or the realization of that truth. It's still truth either which way, but they haven't enjoyed it. Uh, and then where we're going to focus today is on verse 4 in this particular passage, that your joy may be full. And then, of course, chapter 2, verse 1, you're dealing with that you sin not. So the epistle was written to give us assurance to those who believe on Christ and to show us how we can walk in close fellowship, uh, fellowship with the Lord Jesus so that we sin not and that our joy might be full. So <clears throat> it seems to be, a real problem for Christians today, it probably always has, but certainly today, uh, it seems that those who say, oh, yes, I'm saved, but their joy is lacking from their day-to-day -day life. 
I know that the joy robbers have stolen my joy on more than one occasion, that's for sure. And when life happens like that, things happen. We're not talking about happiness based on happenings. We're talking about joy. Amen. There's a difference there. So I have to ask the question as we get started. Is your joy full? Do you want your joy full? You know, I could put it in an application for us already right here with just this question. Do you want revival? I know we've been preparing for camp. I know we have. I'm sure you have as well. Probably physically more than we have. I've spent hours getting ready for this thing. And, and that's not a complaint. It's just a fact. And, and here we are. So we were coming into it. And there's at least 1,418 or was it 19 things that need to be done yet before tomorrow. Okay, so I, I lost count. But, you know, we're busy there. But we've got to remember, hey, the source of our joy is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we see that, we can say, hey, do we want revival? That's what I'm hoping for for this week. I want to see it start today. I want to see it continue through the week. By Friday night, I want to see these two that are prayed for already saved. I, I want to see the saints encouraged. I want to see their faith strengthened. I want to see sin dealt with so that there can be a refreshing, a reviving from the presence of the Lord himself. And that's just good stuff, amen? Well, all right, well, we've got to calm down to it gets there. But nonetheless, <clears throat> let's jump in this epistle this morning and see what the Apostle John has to say about our joy being full and how that, honestly, he actually sets the stage for us right here for revival. So number one is this, basically just the introduction in verse 1 here. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, you notice it has a parenthesis. So if a parenthesis, you can actually take it out of the sentence, and the sentence still makes sense. So let's do that just for a second. We're not going to discard it. We can just put it aside just for a moment to, to read the thought here. So here it goes. Our hands have handled <clears throat> of the word of life, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Notice that which was from the beginning. He says in the book of John, that was from the beginning. We're talking about Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I see you also have allergies down here. Thank you. <clears throat> or whatever that stuff's called out there makes you have allergies. Which we have heard with our ears, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have handled with our hands. He mentions these items. Now he explains it here in this parenthesis, who he's talking about. Verse 2, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. He said, hey, we are witnesses of the word of God, the Logos, Jesus Christ, God, manifests in the flesh. <laughs> Amen. That's what he's talking about. And he starts out and he says, the life, and then by the end of the sentence is the eternal life. So we're talking about eternal life here, and his name is Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, you're saved forevermore. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I like that part. And look at verse 3. <clears throat> that which we have seen 
and heard declare we unto you. So here's his declaration uh, statement. Hey, what we've seen, what we've heard. We've heard it with our own ears. We, we've seen it with our own eyes. Our, our hands <clears throat> have handled it. We, we've, sh we've shook the Lord's hand. We've, we've embraced him. We're walking along the road. Boom, we bump up against him. We've handled the word of life. We've seen it. we heard. And now we're going to declare unto you what, what, what this is all about. And here's the purpose, verse 3, that you might have fellowship with us. Do you realize it's such a blessing? We, we were in, I think, it's seven states last year. We're in nine states this year, traveling all over the place, having a time preaching the word. And it's amazing. Some people you meet that for the very first time had never met them before, or it's a new church or something, you go in, and instantly there's a kindred spirit. It's all because of the same blood. We're all part of the family of God. Amen. And, and wow, what a fellowship. And this is, and it's a heavenly fellowship. Our fellowship was with God the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That fellowship is what's being talked about here, and what a sweet fellowship it is. And he gives a purpose statement in verse 4 here, and he says, In these things write we unto you. So what we just said and what we're going to say, we have a purpose. Here's the purpose statement. Here, here, here it is. These things that we write unto you, that your joy may be full. Well, that's a good purpose for a message, that your joy be full. How many like your joy? I mean, you have joy. How many remember the day you were saved? Okay, three of us. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah, you remember the day you were saved. Remember the joy that you had. Do you realize it's possible to even here right now today, you can still have that same joy? In fact, I believe that the joy can even increase yet today. Amen. And here he's talking about, okay, these things we've heard, we've written, now we're going to declare unto you why. That your joy may be full. Look at verse 5. And he begins to talk about it. He says, this then is the message. <laughs> don't, don't you love how the scripture outlines itself? Had a declaration statement. Here's the purpose statement. This then is the message because of all that. In fact, he says in verse 5, he says right here, uh, which we have heard him and declare unto you. Folks, do you realize the him that he's talking about is Jesus? Say, so, hey, we heard him with our ears. We, we've seen it with our eyes. We've handled it with our hands. And what we heard him say, now we're going to declare it to you. So this then is the message, okay? So here's the message. He said it. This is what Jesus said. We're just echoing it. We heard it from him. Now we're declaring it to you. So this then is the message. All right, you ready for the message? Rest of verse 5, right there it is. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. That's the message. Notice it took him five verses to get here. <laughs> Showed you it was the Baptist right there, amen. <clears throat> but God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. He was establishing his authority from where this came from. This is what we heard Jesus say. We're passing on to you that your joy might be full this then is the message. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Folks, God's holy, and he's without sin, and he's God, and there's none else. He's God all by himself. And do you realize that God transcends his creation? What that means is that God does not have an equal. 
You cannot say, well, God is like, uh, no, he's not. Well, uh, God's like, uh, no, he's not. He's God, and there's none else. He transcends his creation. Even the devil is not the opposite of God. He's a created being who fell and certainly is the epitome of wickedness and sin, no doubt, but he's not God's opposite. God's in a class all by himself. He is God, and there's none else. And I trust that Lighthouse Baptist Church is still enjoying worshiping him. I appreciate the fact you had everybody come at the altar and start today. That's so good. Well, what better way to start off the service than to beseech the throne of God and while you're there, praise him a little bit and brag on him, you know. Get your heart in tune of who he is. He's still God. He's still holy. Amen. Well, <coughs> we're not. I'm not holy. You're not holy. We're a bunch of sinners. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a minute. In that condition, it's impossible for you and I to be in a state of fellowship then with God because he's holy and we're not. So then God, he sets the requirements for this fellowship and he makes a way for us to be able to have fellowship with him. Amen? So let's test your fellowship. Let's test my fellowship. Pastor, I forget what time is going to go over here. Okay, good. I thought he was going to say, oh, no. All right, here we go. All right, so here's a test of our fellowship. Do we test our fellowship with God by what we say? Is that how we test it? Well, the answer is no, because we can say anything. One can say anything. We can say this morning that we have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there's unconfessed sin in our life, then we're walking in darkness and we'd be lying through our teeth. But it's church correct. You've heard of political correct? You ever heard that up here? Down here? Okay. Well, it's church correct. Just say, hey, I'm having fellowship with God. But the validity of that statement is going to be backed up by your joy or your lack of joy based on God's word. Wow. So you can say anything, but we could say that and we're not doing the truth or living the truth, then we're walking in darkness. In fact, uh, we could say that we have no sin and we'd be deceived and the truth is not in us. We could say that we have not sinned and that would be calling God a liar. Bad idea. That's the wrong way to go right there. Don't do that. Okay. And his word is not in us. So then we see that one's doing is more important than his saying. Does that make sense? What we do, how we live our life, how we conduct our life is far more important than what we're saying about how we conduct our life. So we can say, oh, I'm godly and oh, I have fellowship with God, but it shows up in our doing and the fruit of that doing is going to be that joy. And John said, he wrote this that our joy might be full. Hey, there's not a greater testimony, is there, than a Christian filled with joy. No matter the circumstance or the happenings that affects our happiness. 
Now, certainly, I like to be happy when all my happenings are happening. <laughs> then I'm happy, okay? But when they're not happening the way I like them to be happening, then it frustrates my happiness. But even in the presence of unpleasant happenings, we can still have joy, and that's going to be based on our walk with the Lord. It's how we walk. It's living in the light. It's living a righteous life, a life where our sin is confessed and our hearts are right with God. <clears throat> in fact, I heard one pastor say this. This is a joy that is manufactured in heaven. I like that because this isn't something you can drum up. This isn't something that's some kind of an emotional feeling that you try to hype it up. Uh, folks, you can't buy this on the street. You can't get it at Walmart. This type of joy I'm talking about comes from that inner peace of the Holy Ghost of God. Part of that fruit is joy. So don't raise your hand because I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. But how much joy do you have this morning? How much joy have you had this past week? The last two weeks, there's been a few days of our happenings haven't been happening and it certainly challenged the happiness okay but life happens but we can still have the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is our strength oh you read that one it's where our strength comes from so the devil is going to do his dead level best to steal your joy because then you don't have strength and if you don't have strength, he's going to enjoy just whopping the slop right out of you. Y'all understand that phrase down here? Okay. Okay. It means you get beat up. Okay. Well, and, and does that not happen? And sometimes when we're living right, we begin to go through motions doing it because that's like mm, what we do. And I'm not saying that the Christian lifestyle isn't the best lifestyle. It is the best lifestyle. But when we've unplugged from our source of joy and we're just going through the motions and we become man mechanical, and maybe we didn't even do it necessarily on purpose, but we got busy. Anybody ever been busy besides me? Oh, my goodness. And it's just like, wow, we got to hurry. We got to get this done. We got to get here. And, and wow, it's just life gets crazy sometimes. And that quiet time or your devotion life or that secret place or whatever you call that when you spend time with the Lord. I mean, you can call it all kinds of things. But I'm talking about when you start missing that, the joy is going to start waning. And then it's going to become mechanical. And, yeah, we're, we're doing it and we're doing right, but, but we're missing something. And the something we're missing is the joy. And, in fact, God wrote this whole book that our joy might be full that our fellowship with him might be sweet. Oh, friends, there's times you just need to get alone with the Lord and get on your face or at least on your knees or at least bow your head and, and praise him and thank him and worship him and, and get some things dealt with. So when you get up, there's that joy because you met with the Lord. Sometimes life gets crazy and, and you can even have devotions and not necessarily meet with God. Because we can train our flesh to do that. But when you're back sincerely seeking him and you get in the word of God, boy, doesn't the word of God help make you joyful? Well, you can be under pressure and you can feel the pressure and you begin to read the scripture and it's like, oh, 
Have you been there? This is a living book. It's a preserved word of God for us. And it's powerful. Well, amen. Well, that kind of leads us to our next point here, and that is, uh, last was a test of our fellowship, but this one is the means of our fellowship. It's in verse 7, the means of our fellowship. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from almost all sin. Is that what your word says? Well, you know why he said that and we kind of laugh at it? Because that's how a lot of Christians live. Like he forgave almost all of them. Because they're still defeated and the joy's not there. And the truth of the matter is his blood washes from all sin. And last time I checked in Greek, all means huh, all. Amen? Oh, amen. So we have fellowship one with another because of the blood of Jesus Christ. God's son cleanses us from all sin. And this is how fellowship is possible. It's only by the blood of Jesus. See, we're all born sinners and we grow up sinning and prove the fact. But when we get saved, hallelujah, we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, you need to get saved. It's the greatest thing ever. And, and in fact, when we are saved, here's the problem. You know, I've been saved 37 years now. In that 37 years, say, have you ever sinned? Oh, yeah. Well, did you lose your salvation? No, I didn't lose my salvation. Because verse 2 said, eternal life. Uh, the key verse of the whole book in, in uh, chapter 5, if you want to look at it there, we can real quick. Verse 11, First uh, John 5, 11. Let's just take a quick look right here. To, I mean, it's the same book. We're in the same context. He says, and this is the record. So God's got this record. And that God hath given to us, what's it say, church? Eternal life. And this life is in his son. And I love it because he makes it really simple. Somebody like me can figure this out. Ready? He that hath the son half life and he that hath not the son of god hath not life pretty easy everybody get that you have jesus you have life you don't have jesus you don't have life i mean it's pretty easy isn't it you don't need a new perversion to try and figure that out i mean it's a black and white pretty easy he that hath the son half and he that hath not the son hath not any questions and then he goes on to say these things have I written unto you. What? What we just read. That believe on the name of the Son of God. That's how you're saved. Believe in the trust in the Lord. That's what it means. Okay? That ye may know that ye have, present tense, eternal life. Amen. So I've been saved for 37 years with eternal life, which means that it doesn't have any ending. But I have sinned in those 37 years, so it didn't destroy my relationship because I'm his son forevermore. It says so. But it blew my fellowship. It did break my fellowship. And when it broke my fellowship, guess what happened? It stored my joy. Huh. Wow. See, so what would you do about it? Turn back to chapter 1. 
Here's what I did about it. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, confess is, definition means same word, or I say the same word about my sin God does. I call it what he calls it. You don't sugarcoat it or make it politically correct. You call it what he calls it. And you might as well be honest with him because he already knows the truth anyway. So you don't lie to him and say, well, God, I didn't mean it. Because <laughs> you did when you did it. You might be sorry now and should be. But you did it on purpose. It's pretty humbling when I prayed like this before and said, Lord, I done whatever. And I'm sorry now. And I'll admit I did it on purpose. I did it because I wanted to when I knew it was wrong. And truthfully, I enjoyed the pleasure of that sin for a season. But the season's over now, and I'm sorry. I need you to cleanse me and forgive me and restore our fellowship, and, and you just feel horrible. Have you ever felt like that? No, two of us. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, well, <coughs> notice, notice what he says here. If we confess our sins, look at that next phrase. He is faithful. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> this is good. I worked a whole chapter to get right here. Probably four or five months ago. Spending time with the Lord, and, and on purpose, I've tried to slow my devotion time or my quiet time down because I get in a habit, and I'm always in a hurry. You ever be just like always in a hurry? You always, I mean, you always got, I'm always in a hurry, okay? So when I get to my prayer time, okay, God, I need you to do this, 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 and this, and I need like right now, and I want you to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't we just step back a second and spend the first three, four, five minutes worshiping God? Sure, bring your petitions. He tells us to bring our petitions, but he does say to bring them with thanksgiving. But when we enter his courts, why not enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving? I mean, uh, it's, it's not that big a crisis. I mean, sometimes there's emergency prayers. I understand that. But on your daily quiet time, that daily secret place, that daily devotion time, just slow down a moment or two and just worship God for a little while. Amen. And then and actually that kind of gets you on praying ground and then put your petitions before him. And, and he wants that, but I believe he wants us to worship him as well. And, and in that time, I was meditating. Uh, a good way to worship is like meditate on different attributes of God. Well, this particular day, Pastor, it was faithful. That was the phrase. God is faithful. Oh, brother. Man, this got good. Okay, here, here's what happened. I looked up the word faithful. And it had a two-part definition on what I was reading. One was certain. God is certain. Oh, and the next part, brother. Oh, this is good. Worthy to be believed. Wow! I mean, I thought, wow, that's just awesome. God's faithful. And he's worthy to be believed. You know why? Why? 
is because he always does exactly what he says he will do every time. God's faithful. And I love in the context, you've seen what I was dealing with. We've sinned, our fellowship is broken, our joy has tanked, and we've got this problem here that says confess our sins. And, and sometimes we'll come to him and confess something over and over and over, and, and we just don't seem to have the joy back. And the Holy Spirit had to put down right here in context of what we're dealing with. He is faithful. He's worthy to be believed because he'll do exactly what he says he'll do every time. Now, why is that important in this context? How many has been saved more than 10 years? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand here if you don't want to. But in that 10 years, you not only sin because everybody sins, but you have flat messed up some stuff that was really bad. Don't raise your hand. I'm not asking for that. But I'm thinking if you've been saved any length of time at all, you made some pretty big mistakes somewhere along the line. And you're feeling pretty low. So low, in fact, the devil might be going, how can you be saved and do that? Huh. Well, I've confessed it 500 times. And you're still feeling like a scumball. And the devil keeps you defeated because you're not believing his word. Because what is his word? God's faithful. Okay, he's faithful. That means he's going to do what he said he'd do. What did he say he would do? Just to forgive us our sins. He can do that because he's like God. And he's just. And just means payment had to be paid for that sin. So it's not like a little wink. It's okay. Everybody's a sinner. Oh, no. God's just. But Jesus Christ paid that price. His blood was shed to pay for that sin. So it's no light thing with God. So don't make it some kind of light thing. But God doesn't want you to run around defeated your whole Christian life because you messed up somewhere along the line. You don't need to get saved again. You need to park in John 1, 9 for a little while and confess that thing and get it right with God realizing that he's faithful and he's just. He has the authority to forgive you. And what's the last part of the verse? And to cleanse you from what? All unrighteousness. Folks, when we get a hold of that truth, and, and I'm not talking about a justifi uh, justification to go out and sin again. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about burdens that Christians, who's been saved probably 5, 10, 15, 20 years or plus, there's some things that we've messed up in our past as a blood-bought child of God that are just wicked, shameful. Not minimize what we've done. I mean, it's wicked. But what I'm emphasizing is his faithfulness. He can forgive you. And he can cleanse you. 
And when he cleanses you, guess what happens, baby? The joy is back. <laughs> Amen. So that morning, I think it was morning, might have been, yeah, I think it was morning I was doing it this time. Just spend a little bit of time thanking God for his justice and his faithfulness <laughs> and shamefully apologizing again if that's the right way to say this confessing Lord I I've messed up some things and he said my blood took care of that you're my child Get up off your knees and go do something for me without carrying this weight of a ball and chain around all your life like you feel like now you have to do all these good things to make up for the bad things. That's wrong. That's all back on you. That's flesh. It's I can do these things now in freedom because he's forgiven what happened here. So now I can serve him in joy because <laughs> he's my Savior. I'm his disciple, Savior. Uh, wow. Well, amen. <clears throat> so the founder of our fellowship, that's like number five, is God is faithful. going to do exactly what he says he'll do every time. You know, we have verses like 1 Samuel 3.19. It says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. <laughs> Amen. That means they're all fulfilled. Uh, places like 1 Kings 8.56 says, Blessed be the Lord that had given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There have not failed one word of all his good promise which he had promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Not one word. <laughs> He's faithful. We can trust him. <laughs> Amen. So when we apply this in our life, let's think. I mean, we could get going on this, probably take the rest of the day. We're not going to, but here's just a couple ideas. He's faithful to save. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's faithful to save. And like we just talked about, he is faithful to keep us saved. There's a good verse over there in Peter on that one, right? First Peter, what is it, a 5 or 1, 5, 5, 1, yeah, 1, 5, I think it is, where it says we are kept by the power of God. Amen. And he's faithful to forgive us our sin. And that's the focus of our lesson this morning. And, and he's faithful to give us a way out when we're tempted. Now, amen. Uh, what is that, 1 Corinthians 10, 13? He, he's faithful to give us a way out. He promised that. And, and he's, not just, he's not just God that, that's just and he wants to forgive us. He can forgive us. Amen. Justice has been served. Jesus has paid the price. Amen. What is it? Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He paid that price. And again, I'm not giving you anything new. This is a this is a truth that's here all the time. We all know this, but it sure is refreshing to me to be reminded this morning. Hey, he's faithful, and I don't have to carry this anymore. I can come lay it at the throne, confess it forsake it that's where you have mercy by the way and when you get up get up forgiven because he's faithful oh what's anything you done <laughs> no we're sinners but he's like god and he's faithful boy so if you're here this morning and you've never been saved then you need to get saved well, I tell you, the devil is slick in this area. Sometimes he deceives people into thinking they're saved. And then when the Holy Spirit shows you you're not, because that's what the Holy Spirit does, then he's slick into making you think, well, I'm in all these church people in here. What are they going to think? Well, they're going to be shouting. They're going to be praising God. Amen. I don't care if it's even one of my children. They need to get saved, they get saved. Remember, last year at the end of camp, we were here for revival. Melody, she got saved. Two weeks before that, Joshua got saved. Now, they made professions back when they were, you know, this high. But I'm glad that they didn't let pride stand in their way. If they're not saved, they need to get saved. Amen. Amen for that. And if you are saved this morning, is your joyful? If it's a little waning, why don't we do some confessing this morning, even right here in Sunday school, so we can go into the morning service with our joy back and enjoy the Lord. See, when church becomes so mechanical and routine and mundane, oh, we've forgotten who we're serving. You realize when I mean church, I'm talking about the local assembly right? Because we're all part of the family of God that's saved. But the local assembly that's assembled here at Lighthouses, known as the members of Lighthouse Baptist Church, oh, folks, let it be a lighthouse. And what makes that beacon a light shine all the further is a church that's full of joy. There's something different about the brilliance of that kind of light that shines when it's a joyful light. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's bow our heads.